You're listening to Dose of Depth Podcast. I'm your host, Deborah Lukovich, and I invite you to be curious about your unique experience of being human. In this podcast, we'll explore the deeper meaning of ordinary life experiences through conversation, stories, and education. You might have a serious aha moment, or you might just be amused by the movie your life seems to be imitating, or you might just be entertained by one of my awkward stories. I'm hoping you'll become more aware of those moments when a deeper part of you is prompting you to see things differently and maybe even go a new direction. So let's get started. In this episode, I read a recent blog post titled, What is Generation Z Mirroring Back to Us? I wrote it after a couple conversations with moms about their young adult Gen Z sons. I have two Generation Z young adults myself, a son and a daughter. The phrase tone deaf comes to mind if you're surprised about why the young folks coming of age right now struggle with anxiety, lack of motivation, and focus. This blog post explores what you may be projecting onto the generation that seems to be the place where the ultimate buck stops. Dismantling patriarchal systems that benefit the few over the many and the survival or death of the planet. Sure, tell me I'm being dramatic, but decades of hiding in comfort and convenience have gotten us to this point. The point where my own children have gone from feeling optimistic to carrying the burden left by blindness or arrogance many of the so-called elders and leaders are showing in the face of the climax of the clinging unto old systems. The clinging is a reflection that these systems indeed are going down, although how fast is unknown, as is what will replace them, hence the anxiety. Are you open to looking at things through a different lens? This capacity seems to be rarer and rarer these days. Listen on if you dare. Let's get started. What is Generation Z mirroring back to us? Generation X is what they named my kind, and I am proud to say I was part of the first batch. We resisted the baby boomer view of the world. Maybe after having been swept up in social justice and anti-war movements, baby boomers overcompensated in their zeal for personal achievement and wealth accumulation. Maybe they had a right to focus on themselves for a while. Did it get out of hand? I don't know. I'm not an expert in that. What I remember about my own coming of age were two things. The first was feeling excited about possibilities to do things women hadn't done before. Of course, I had to wear armor to protect myself from the backlash towards independent women that was couched in warped versions of religious doctrine, but I happily skipped into adulthood and found a career in financial planning, which was a male-dominated field at the time. Maybe it still is. The second thing I saw clearly was how the company I worked for exploited men's desire to be breadwinners for their family by telling them the more hours they worked, the more sales they made, the more profits they generated for the company, that this is what more than anything defined them as successful husbands and fathers. I wondered why they fell for it and why they couldn't see what was going on. I wondered what their wives thought about it or their children. Being a financial planner put my potential income in my hands, so I worked my ass off to get my business going and then decided the extra money wasn't worth being a slave to the company. Instead, I spent those hours being a community activist. It was a perfect balance for me, and other than a couple years later being someone else's employee, I have always been an entrepreneur. Maybe my entrepreneurial spirit was a mark of Generation X. I'm not sure. Like I said, I'm not an expert in such things. Then came the millennials. They're between 26 and 41 right now. I wouldn't have really noticed them except by the emotionally charged negative remarks about them I constantly overheard. 
my experience with millennials confirmed they were generally more emotionally aware, technologically advanced, and impatient about wanting to make a difference in the world. I'd be sitting at a bar enjoying a glass of wine and overhear the most heated conversations about this new generation. Those conversations weren't a debate, rather a kind of misery loves company. I didn't understand projection at the time, but now I do. They're lazy. No work ethic was the most common thing I heard from folks who had this self-righteous tone, as if they alone were the final arbiters of what values one ought to prioritize and what work ethic and lazy meant. What do you mean, I would ask, and then get a response that basically was, they're not willing to do what I had to do. Hmm, so not being willing to look at the world your way means you're lazy. Hmm, not being willing to pledge allegiance to a company that doesn't really care about you meant they were lazy. Interesting. Prioritizing fulfillment, meaning, experiences, and family meant they were lazy. I didn't buy it, and I wondered why they were so mad. What kind of projection was going on here? Perhaps beneath the surface of the annoyance and anger towards these younger folks was a realization that they had been duped and exploited by a system that had been a blessing at first and then became something else. I love millennials. Not all of them, of course, but I love their desire to not waste time doing meaningless work and wanting to make a difference. Put them to work is what I would say, unleash their technological prowess and creative thinking. But ah, that can feel threatening to those who are insecure about their own value. What is this attachment to younger people needing to suffer like you did? Aren't we supposed to want the next generation to be more innovative, better than we are, freer to feel purposeful? Now, are there truly lazy people? Yes, of course. And some of them are baby boomers too. But lazy was the label given to a whole generation that simply prioritized different values. What's up with Generation Z? I share this to put Generation Z folks who are between 10 and 25 into context. Generational tendencies don't come out of nowhere. They are a response and sometimes a strong reaction to the prior generational tendencies and bigger world events, which of course were shaped by the generation before and back we go. He's just so unmotivated is how a few loving mothers have described their 20-year-old sons to me. Genuine worry is how these mothers and fathers feel, not judgment, rather worry about their son's well-being and future. Unmotivated is a kinder word than lazy, perhaps a reflection of a more enlightened parenting style used by Generation Xers, but it still is looking at the issue through a judgmental lens. Generation Z has the highest rate of anxiety, depression, and other mental health issues. Don't kid yourself, it's not about gaming and iPhone screen time, or maybe the preoccupation with gaming and screen time is a symptom of something else, something so big and consuming few can see it, like that metaphor of a frog slowly dying as the pot of water goes from simmer to boiling. Have you ever heard of indigo children? A cross-section of professionals from education to psychology started identifying a growing number of children who exhibited certain traits, like being more connected to nature a strong intuitive sense, an unusual capacity to make connections and see patterns, and an instinct to rebel against convention. You can learn more about this in the book, The Indigo Children, The New Kids Have Arrived by Lee Carroll and Jan Tober. The children with these and other unique traits have largely been misunderstood and overly labeled as having ADD, ADHD, and sensory processing issues. When I learned about autism, my mind immediately wondered whether these children were here to mirror something back to us. I hold the spiritual belief that our children do not belong to us. Rather, they are put in our hands to care for and prepare to unfold according to their purpose, not ours. 
Autistic children are deeply connected to their inner world, sometimes even at the exclusion of being able to engage in the external world. Could it be that rather than force these children to fit into our world, we are to reflect about the need to detach from the external and turn our attention inward? Could the prevalence of anxiety, depression, paralysis, and lack of motivation among those considered Generation Z be mirroring back to us the need to stop and wonder if we are boiling to death? The fight for well-being in an unwell and sick world. James Hillman, the founder of Archetypal Psychology, wrote a book titled, We've Had 100 Years of Psychotherapy and the World is Getting Worse. He revealed the sinister nature of commercialized therapy, which personalizes mental health problems, making individuals solely responsible for their emotional well-being. Have you noticed there is a dismantling going on right now? Some are purposely working to dismantle unjust patriarchal systems that stopped working long ago and don't benefit even half of people in our country or even in the world. For example, the wealth gap widening, maternal death rates rising, species and ecosystems being destroyed, a tyranny by a minority of corrupt political, corporate, and media interests preventing policies that most Americans want, just to name a few issues. Others are reacting violently to the dismantling of these systems to maintain power or because those in power have convinced them that progress and more tolerance is bad. There is a disconnect between what most Americans want and what the minority corrupt political and corporate leadership allows. The most common income is $17,000, but few know this because the corporate-owned media doesn't want people to know that this means fewer people who can afford to buy a home will be left without the ability to accumulate wealth through home equity, which is the only way many in the middle class are able to accumulate wealth. Instead, a growing permanent debtor and renter's class is emerging, which will solidify control by the top over the bottom, a modern feudal system. And then we have the whole failing democracy thing and the reversal of tolerance and respect for individual liberty. Oh, yeah, and the planet might die. Why would anyone wonder why someone coming of age right now might be anxious or depressed or angry? Why would anyone wonder why Generation Z might resist participating in the very unfair systems that have made life worse for most people? If I were 20 right now, I would think the world was fucking nuts. As a mother, I cringe at what's happening, and I feel sad about the regression we're suffering through right now. And then I challenge myself and realize I have no right to expect anything from the world. Who do I think I am? I am rethinking some of my assumptions. I encourage you to do the same. I used to believe that human beings were inherently good. Now I believe they're just potentially good or potentially bad or sometimes one or the other. They just are where they are. I want to quietly support coaching clients who are seeking to unfold in a way that represents a new kind of consciousness, one that embodies more compassion and innovative thinking driven by new values. I used to believe in the myth that the arc of the moral universe is long but that it bends towards justice. I never thought of it as a literal myth, a fairy tale, but a couple of women millennials, Anna Kasparian of TYT and Emma Vigland of Majority Report, they threw cold water on me and woke me up. Clearly, it is not natural to work towards justice, inclusion, equality, and compassion for all. Working towards justice is for the brave, for those who understand the nuance of issues, those who can resist rigid views, those who are willing to stand up to the easy, fear-based, black-and-white elixir offered to the masses by those who are not up to the messy and hard work of democracy and universal human rights. I get it now. I'm clear-headed. What's the deeper meaning? 
Back to the comments by some mothers I have talked with who are watching their young adult children languish emotionally. I asked one mother what would happen if she switched up the word she was using. Do they seem paralyzed as if they're carrying a burden, I asked. This seemed to click. Perhaps the burden they are carrying is the desperate need to create new systems that are just, economically, environmentally, socially. We used to be innovative in this country, and now most of the innovation is around superficial consumerism. A tempting bait that, if taken, provides the permission needed to exploit others. My young adult children were raised a top 20% lifestyle. They lacked nothing, had a private Spanish teacher as young children, started playing sports in middle school, worked part-time in high school, and are now finishing undergraduate and graduate degrees. They're expected to take on some student loan debt, and I am grateful that my ex-husband and I were able to save more than $100,000 towards their education. It covered only a third of the cost, and even we are having to take on significant student loans. I describe them as kind and self-reflecting human beings. My son admits he almost turned to the dark side and intolerant side, and maybe our constant conversations help that, along with his desire for knowledge, not easy answers. Now he's a proud leftist. My daughter will become a therapist specializing in adolescence. She's already had to accept that in our country her work is important and not valued enough as being an accountant. I've watched them over the past four years transform in a way that makes me sad, as if they're coming to terms with a new world order that's unfolding before their eyes. Not a good new world order. They went from possibilities thinking to what I describe as a desire to just carve out a small space in which they and their LGBTQ plus and ethnic friends feel safe, hopefully find an enjoyable job and earn enough money to live a modest lifestyle. They're confused by violent intolerance and denial of climate change. Maybe it's a good thing they're pulling back. It's a kind of detachment from the rat race and an acceptance of the current situation. Unjust systems thrive by throwing you a few breadcrumbs that make you feel like you're better than someone else. Exploiting you as a consumer is a nonviolent way to get your permission to screw other people. Eckhart Tolle, author of The Power of Now, says that acceptance is not acceptance of the situation as permanent. Rather, it is surrendering to the moment so one can think clearly about how to respond to the situation instead of reacting. This is a time for clear thinking, not reacting, not being triggered. And this is a time for going inward as individuals because the answer is not outside of us. As those of us who are willing and capable of deep self-reflection go even deeper to find a new sense of purpose, we make space for those who cannot or will not. There are millions of us self-reflecting right now, unfolding as new versions of ourselves, finding new meaning and purpose and service to something new that eventually will emerge out of the collective unconscious. A transcendent third, as C.G. Jung says, something new that results from holding the tension between this and that. This is the deeper meaning of the climax of division. Its peaking is a final stand of patriarchal systems, but only if we do the inner work needed to inform right action. To jump forward in consciousness as a human species requires more and more of us to grow in consciousness and not be dissuaded or distracted by scarcity, fear, anger, or the false profit of hyper-consumerism. Anxiety as a partner. The stopping, the anxiety, depression could be what is needed to be still enough to create something new. I've talked many times about how anxiety is one way our soul speaks to us. We tend to want to mold our children to fit into our version of life. Maybe because it's difficult to watch them suffer, or maybe because it reminds us of our own suffering, what we might have given up. But perhaps there's something mutual that's supposed to be going on as we relate to them. Perhaps they are trying to pull us into their inner world, into their anxious state, 
to slow us down, to wake us up, to disrupt the manic pattern in which we're trapped. Perhaps as we share their anxiety, we might tap into the promise that resides in the collective unconscious, which so desperately wants to be unleashed into consciousness. There's a spiritual advice that whatever is uncomfortable is what needs to be explored. When you've been living in a high achieving rat race, you think it's normal and righteous. Looking at our young adult children and worrying about them because they don't seem to have the energy to do anything could be calling us to do the same, to spend time just being and exploring where anxiety or depression wants to take us. We can partner with them instead of taking the side of convention. How to support your Gen Z kid. Are you the parent of a young adult? Do they suffer from anxiety or depression? Or are they angry? Do they talk about it? Do they seem unmotivated or seem paralyzed and unable to act? Have you tried to talk with them? How did that go? Be curious about the deeper meaning of your child's behavior. Wonder about what anxiety wants from your child rather than worry. If you're lucky enough that your child is open with you, ask them to wonder about the deeper meaning of what they're feeling. Encourage them to journal or express through drawing, movement, music. Once you and your child shift from judging, worrying, and shame to receiving knowledge, the anxiety eventually will transmute into something new, like a new idea or mindset or focus. Sitting in whatever they're feeling is the first step, not resisting it, just sitting with it and them and give them lots of hugs. Also, be curious about the deeper meaning of whatever it is your child is preoccupied with. When my son was a teenager, he preferred to game. When I listened to the panicky warnings about gaming, I worried about its effects on him. But when I got curious about why he enjoyed gaming, I learned so much about him and the parts of his brain that are strong because of gaming. Then I made a deal. I told him that if he had some balance, meaning he had to participate in a team sport or activity, get some physical exercise, do his homework, and have some family time, he could game as much as he wanted. It worked. I guess the theme is to be curious instead of worried, to explore instead of imposing a conventional lens. Corporate America is panicking. The game is up. That's why there's a doubling down on demonizing low-wage workers and other workers who only want to do the minimum and fighting unionizing efforts. Generation Z is resisting exploitation of themselves and others. And the older generation is resentful because they fell for it or they're willfully ignorant about what it's like to come of age in today's world. That's just my opinion. Remember, I'm not an expert in that stuff, only in the study of the unconscious. More resources. If you're looking for a professional to help your young adult child explore their feelings, I have always been able to relate to those much younger than me. I'm just curious about their thoughts and experiences. I think that's why. As a reminder, I am not a licensed psychotherapist. I'm between a therapist and a coach with a PhD in depth psychology, the study of the unconscious. A different and more innovative approach might be what your Gen Z kid needs. If you're looking for knowledge about how to think differently about your child's experience, check out my podcast, blog, book, follow me on Instagram for reflection questions and recordings of conversations with other podcasters that offer good introductions to depth psychology. Thanks as always. If you'd like to support my mission to encourage more people to self-reflect, you can become a member or donate to support my efforts in creating all the free content I continuously post. Well, what did you think? If you're bristling, there's something there for you to learn. If you're uncomfortable, that's awesome. Enlightenment is not for the weak. And it is the weak-minded who cling to rigid ideas and romanticize the past, which is full of injustice towards those who are other. Stay tuned for a coming podcast episode where I have a conversation with my two Gen Z young adults. 
They are kind human beings who are more self-reflective than most older adults. Until next time. I'm your host, Deborah Lukovich, and you are listening to Dose of Depth Podcast. To get updates on new episodes, my writing, and how I teach my clients to get to know that deeper part of themselves, go to DebraLukovich.com. Oh, and if you're not ready for a coach, learn what my clients know in my book, Your Soul is Talking. Are you listening? Five Steps to Uncovering Your Hidden Purpose. You can check it out on my website or get it on Amazon.